0: Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we hear stories from people who are making time in their life to make a difference in this world. I'm your host and eternal optimist, Matt Kinzara. Let's take a walk. This week we talk about simplifying and getting rid of some crap with pastor, blogger, and Christian minimalist. Ehrlich.
1: You know, it's like that conversion of Saul moment <laughs> in the Bible where Saul is like, holy cow, like this Jesus person is actually God, you know?
0: Before we get going, I want to remind you that if you're trying to go after something and your finances are not in order, you are sunk before you even start. That's why our sponsor, Kathy Jensen, is here to help. Each day, we are reminded of the role our faith plays in our lives but does it play a role in our finances as well? Now for the members of Thrivent Financial, it does. For over a century, Thrivent has been helping Christians blend faith, finances and generosity because it's not just about making more, it's about doing more for your family, your church and community. Learn more about Thrivent's unique mission by calling Kathy Jensen, Thrivent Financial representative at 715-231-1662. Disclosures. Licensed agent, producer of Thriven Financial. Marketing name for Thrive and Financial for Lutherans. Registered representative of and Investment Management Incorporated. Thriven.com slash disclosures. Man, I have always wanted to do that disclosure thing where you have to talk really fast at the end of a commercial to get all of that legal jargon in. So I want to thank Kathy for giving me that opportunity. That was a ton of fun, actually. And uh, yes, Thriving is amazing. Uh, My wife and I are Thriving members, love everything that they stand for. Hey, today we are going to look at a little bit of a different side to this puzzle. To this point, we've talked a lot about how to make a difference in this world, but we haven't talked a lot about the other side of Jesus Never Ran, which is making time. Because the whole idea is making time to make a difference. And so we've heard so many stories about people doing such incredible things to this point at Jesus Never Ran, but we've taken very few opportunities to talk about how to actually make the space so that we can make a difference. Today, we are super blessed to hear from... Christian minimalist Becca Ehrlich. Now, Becca's not just a Christian minimalist, she coined the phrase Christian minimalist. So she is in my mind the godmother of Christian minimalism. Now, minimalism is a phrase, it's a it's a word that has been thrown around a lot in the last couple few years. It's kind of a buzzword, I would say, and it's also a word that I think people don't truly understand. I think often people, when they hear minimalism, they think, living in a tiny house in the middle of the woods with nobody else around, owning nothing. And that's not really true. Sure, that could be minimalism. And when I say it out loud, it actually sounds kind of appealing. But the reality is there's so much more to minimalism. And that's not it. There's so many different levels to this. So we are going to hear from the godmother of Christian minimalism, Miss Becca Ehrlich.
1: I'm Becca Ehrlich. I am a blogger on ChristianMinimalism.com. Um, I'm also a Lutheran pastor. uh, So that's kind of fun. So I actually started the blog in my spare time, um, but have since discovered that this is a huge passion for me. Um, And so I've ended up doing a lot with it. I've ended up preaching about the topic. I've spoken a lot on it at local congregations and conferences and things like that. And so um, what surprises me every time is how interested people are in this topic. I was the weird one who basically just started the blog for accountability. And because I knew maybe a few handfuls of people were interested in Reading and thinking about the intersection between Christianity and minimalism. And it turned out to be a very popular thing um, with with Christians, uh, which surprised me in a good way. And so it's been really fun to talk to a wide range of people from every flavor of Christianity, every background, who really relate to this type of lifestyle and this thought process.
0: Now, Becca's no joke, and she is telling the truth right there because ever since she launched this blog and this Facebook community, thousands. Thousands of people have started to follow her, and that's simply because she has started something that resonates with a lot of other people. She's not the only person in this world that wants to simplify. We are in this culture of abundance where it is just go, 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 more, 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 bigger, 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 and Becca's work really contradicts that, and I think that's a beautiful thing. One of my favorite parts about interviewing people about their passions is just hearing where it came from. I'm guessing that Becca didn't grow up thinking, boy, if I could carve out a career of helping people get rid of stuff, that would be amazing. Probably not. So I want to hear from Becca. How did you become a minimalist?
1: You know, it's like that conversion of Saul moment (laughs) in the Bible where Saul is like, holy cow, like this Jesus person is actually God, you know, Um, before that moment for me about Minimalism and God calling me to that type of work. Um, I actually took a class in seminary in the fall of 2007 um, called Christian Discipleship in a Consumer Society. Um, And that was really fascinating and it kind of laid the groundwork for my work later, Um, which I didn't know at the time. You know, I thought I was just getting a class under my belt for my degree. But then also, I remember I had like these flashes of wanting to live with less. Like I would go on a retreat and I would open my suitcase and I would be like, oh, it's so nice to have just what I need. I wish I could live like this all the time. No one ever told me I could. And so the aha moment for me was I have a chronic illness and so I was having a bad health day and I was sitting on my couch uh, going through Netflix, as I do, and I watch a lot of documentaries. And so one of the suggested things for me on Netflix was the Minimalism documentary. By the minimalists Joshua Fields Millburn and Ryan Nicodemus, and I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, it's an hour and fifteen minutes. If it's terrible, that's an only an hour and fifteen minutes of my life. It's not a big deal. And so I watched it and. I mean, I don't say this lightly, it was life changing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what God is calling me to. Like God is calling me to like live this minimalist lifestyle. And so when my husband Will got home, I was like, Will, you have to watch this movie. And he's like, I don't want to. (laughs) Because he knew, I think he knew in the back of his mind that it was going to mean totally changing our lives. Because I don't usually just tell him he has to watch something. And so we watched it together. And afterwards, he said, yeah, I think this is something we really need to pursue. But then I also turned to him and I said, you know, over and over in this documentary, they keep saying people are looking for meaning. And, you know, and then the implication being people are finding meaning through living a minimalist lifestyle. And I knew that that wasn't the case for me as a Christian. Meaning for me is what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. And so I found myself saying, you know what? I'll bet there's other people who are thinking about this from a Christian perspective, because a lot of this minimalism stuff connects to the gospel. I mean, Jesus lived a very minimalist life and was very clear that the goal of life wasn't to accumulate possessions or wealth or power or worldly accolades or status. And so I Googled and it turns out not a whole lot of people are. I mean, there was an article here and there. Um, not much out there. And I said, well, I can't be the only one who wants to talk about this and think about it and be held accountable for living this type of lifestyle. So that's how I ended up starting the blog and then started the Christian minimalism page on Facebook and started the minimalism Christian minimalism community on Facebook and really got into it and thousands of people are now having this conversation, which is great.
0: So amazing. One thing that I want to point out that Becca said is, that she looks at Jesus as a minimalist because Jesus was all about simplicity. And that's so true. There's times in the Bible where we know that Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. And so we often will think of Jesus and put him in our own culture. So we picture Jesus in this Western American culture. And if we do that, we really short ourselves on truly who he was because he was an Eastern culture and he certainly wasn't surrounded by American consumerism. So we really have to take Jesus for who he is and try to adjust our lives to fit who he was instead of the opposite direction. Now, what Becca said was awesome and amazing and really cool. But when people put so much passion into something, there's almost always a deeply personal part to it.
1: I had gotten into some really bad uh, consumerist habits, um, which is partially why I really felt convicted by the minimalism lifestyle and and knew it was a change that I needed in life. because i became chronically ill and we couldn't figure out what was going on for many years um and it just seemed like there was no end in sight to that i started filling that void um, with online shopping um mostly clothes sometimes other stuff but like whenever i wasn't feeling well um i would pretty much just go online and buy stuff i didn't need um and i don't use this word lightly i was definitely addicted to online shopping there was like a rush when you click to buy it. And then there's another rush when you get it in the mail, but then that rush goes away after a few days. And so then you have to chase that next rush. Um, And so I ended up just constantly chasing that and trying to fill this happiness void through buying things online. And so when I watched the documentary, Um, I knew that this was a lifestyle I needed. I knew that it wasn't just going to be enough to, you know, declutter and declutter my schedule um, and really change how I think about consumption. But I also needed to do some sort of fasting from online shopping to really kick that awful habit because I knew I wasn't using the resources God had given me well. Um, I knew that, I just, I didn't know a way out. And so I knew the only way to do it was to do something stronger for myself, and that was to do that shopping fast. And so I did a year of no shopping uh, last year. Uh, I had a list of things I was allowed to buy, you know, like I buy food because I need to live. (laughs) Um, And toiletries, but only when I run out, Um, books because I'm doing my doctorate, um, that sort of thing. So I had an approved list, if you will. Um, But yeah, I went a whole year without buying anything that wasn't on that list. The other thing that was really different for us was that um, we got rid of 60 percent of our possessions, which is pretty intense. So we at the time um, lived in a twelve hundred square foot apartment, which was literally filled to the brim with stuff. And then we had a huge storage unit outside of town that was what they call high and tight. So like you couldn't even find stuff in it. Like you would open the door to the storage unit and it was just all the way to the top all the way to the back, and we got rid of almost everything in that storage unit. It was crazy.
0: My guess is when you hear about somebody getting rid of 60% of their earthly possessions, your first response is, I could never do that. But if you really think about it a little bit, your second response might be, that would feel amazing. All right, let's back up a little bit here because I don't wanna assume that everybody really has a handle on what minimalism truly is. So I asked Becca, for somebody who has heard this word but really doesn't understand the nuts and bolts of it, how would you describe minimalism to someone?
1: So the definition I use for minimalism is focus on the aspects of life that matter most and intentionally removing everything else. And then added to that for Christian minimalism is the connection of that with the triune God father son and Holy Spirit it's funny because like this whole decluttering thing is super trendy right now and people think like oh I'll just get rid of stuff I don't want and then I'll be done and you're like no like it's 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 a lifestyle it's not just getting rid of material objects it's about living life deliberately and and living more simply in all aspects of your life and focusing on the most important things um, and so for me that's what minimalism is um, and it's directly connected with my faith.
0: So what I got from that is that minimalism isn't so much about getting rid of things, it's more about what you are keeping. Now, we all have a grand purpose in this world, I believe. I believe God doesn't put anybody in this world without a purpose. Now, if that purpose gets surrounded by too much stuff, it will get watered down. We need to bring our purpose forward, we need to bring it front and center, and everything else needs to be Everything else. Now, my guess is that there are a lot of people listening to this, and a lot of people have heard about minimalism, and they've always thought, boy, I would love to live life with less things. The challenge is, most of us have so much stuff that we simply don't know where to start. And it seems like such a daunting process that it immobilizes us so we just stay where we are. So what's Becca's advice for that situation?
1: So the first thing I would say is that you don't have to be perfect at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I that sounds so funny, but I think when I started this journey, I was worried I was gonna fail at it. I don't know what I expected. Like, I. Uh, I think we just have this expert culture in society where like, you can't call yourself something unless you're amazing at it. And so it kind of paralyzes us and we think like, Oh, I have to be like the perfect Christian minimalist. So I'm not gonna, it like paralyzes you and you don't, you don't get forward because you're like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it. And so there's no perfect way to be a Christian minimalist. It's all prescriptive rather than restrictive. So you can, you can, Make it work for your context and pick the aspects of it that work best for you at this point. Because, you know, being a Christian minimalist for a single person is going to look different than a Christian minimalist who has three kids. It's just going to look different. Uh, And that's okay. So that's the first thing I would say is um, there's no way to fail at this. (laughs) The second thing I would say is it's really overwhelming if you're like, oh my gosh, I have to overhaul my whole life and think of life from a completely different worldview. How am I going to do this? If you think of it more as I'm going to take this one little step. So literally, I started with like a drawer a day is how I started. And that doesn't feel overwhelming, right? Like you go into a room, you, you clean out one drawer and you're like, okay, I'm good, you know, or you look at your calendar and you say, okay, for the next month, I'm going to say no to uh, two things, that sort of thing. Um, so start small is something I would say as well, but then also pray about it. You know, I mean, if if you're feeling a tug toward this kind of lifestyle, it's probably God saying, you know what, this is something that you should think about. And so listening for God's guidance through the process is really important, too.
0: Now, I'm a sucker for a good story. And I know that simplifying has absolutely revolutionized my life and my family's life. And it's a big part of the reason that I get to do what I do for a living. But I wanted to hear maybe a story from somebody who engaged with Becca and with their community of how it changed their life.
1: Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I actually was just talking to someone today. She uh, had been doing a more administrative type job at a college and had realized that her heart, through, through the minimalism journey and really you know, piecing out what's most important in her life and, um, paring down those, those, but not material things too, but, but also, you know, life things and, obligations. She actually realized that her heart was more in teaching. And so she's currently in transition from the administrative work she's been doing to actually teaching. And so she actually discovered what she feels is her true calling from God through the minimalist journey.
0: So I'm getting this feeling that minimalism really isn't about getting rid of stuff. What an incredible story how going through this process of simplifying actually brought somebody to understand what they're supposed to do in this world. Simplifying just for the sake of getting rid of things or just for the sake of simplifying is going to be fleeting. When we do this work in our lives, it's going to bring about so much more.
1: I think when we focus on the decluttering aspect, we're missing so much of the rest of what minimalism is, because although getting rid of stuff is good and helpful and help freeze us, um, there's so many other things that go into the minimalism lifestyle. And one of the things that I've been really intentional about is how I spend my time. I used to spend a lot of time watching trashy reality TV. I'll just be honest. And like, you know, if that adds value to your life, that's great. But it wasn't adding value to my life. I was literally just wasting hours of my life away watching reality shows that really weren't doing anything for me. And so I'm much more noticing how I use uh, technology in general and how my time is allotted throughout the day. In a way that I wasn't before. And I say no to things now. It used to be that if someone asked me to do something, I'd feel so flattered that I was like, sure, of course I'll do that. But it wasn't necessarily a life giving thing for me. And then I'd be in the middle of doing that thing and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said yes to this thing. Ah, you know, and if you say yes to everything, it's going to add burnout to you because you're not using your gifts and skills as well as you could be. You know, you could be spending your time doing something else, building up the kingdom that is much more worth it than doing this thing that doesn't match your gifts and skills. Uh, and you just did it because you felt like you had to say yes. You know,
0: Jesus never ran actually started with a message series that I did at a church almost a decade ago. And one of those messages was no is a holy word. Minimalism is so deep and beautiful and wonderful because at once it's about getting rid of things. And then the next thing it's about is finding your purpose. And then it's all also about discovering and using your time wisely. I mean, there's so much to this that's beneath the surface when you first hear about it. Now, I always ask the same question to end with, but if there's somebody out there that has an idea, has a dream, has a thought, what would Becca say to them about taking that first step?
1: One thing would be find someone who's done something similar and talk to them. I had no idea how to set up a blog. I'm I'm not the most technologically savvy person on the planet. <laughs> Um, Luckily, my husband works in tech. And so I said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you show me how to set up a blog? And so he helped me do that. I'm not sure how I would have done it otherwise. And then I talked to some of my friends who blog and kind of talk through what, what blogging looks like and how often they write and that sort of thing. Uh, so that was really helpful for me was talking to people who knew what they were talking about uh, when I didn't. I think a lot of times when we start something new, we're so terrified because it's such a new thing that we're worried we don't know what we're doing. It's that, you know, expert mentality thing. But just talking to some people who knew what they were talking about and helped me get set up was really helpful. And then the other thing, uh, similar, advice I gave if you're thinking about starting the minimalism journey is start small you know if if your dream is to write a book you're not going to be sit down and in one day have a book (laughs) it's just not that's not how it works start writing regularly and then you eventually will be ready to write that book also don't get paralyzed by fear that's that's the worst part because we we think we have to do everything well immediately Um, and it's okay to not do everything perfectly and maybe even fail a few times before we get the hang of stuff everyone has their own unique voice and so even if you're thinking about doing something that someone has done something similar before they are not you and so you have a special voice that god has given you to give to the world and so just don't not do it just because someone has already done something kind of similar. Because if I had just said, you know what, there's The minimalist, there's Joshua Becker, there's Courtney Carver, like, I'm not going to do this, there's other people doing it, then we wouldn't be having these deep theological conversations about how God and minimalism intersect, because that that there just wouldn't be a forum for that. And so I always just encourage people to realize, you know, you're unique, God has given you a special voice, use it.
0: Becca Ehrlich, walking like Jesus means getting rid of things. It means finding your purpose by simplifying your life. Because when following Jesus, less is truly more. If this podcast has interested you at all and minimalism sounds like a grand idea, check out Becca's blog at christianminimalism.com. Of course, you can find her on Facebook. Speaking of slowing down, when we are pursuing our purpose, so great to slow down. I love to sit on my front porch with my favorite beverage from Infinity Beverages. www.infinitybeverages.com is where you can go to order your wine and spirits, and they will deliver right to your door. Or if you're in the Eau Claire area, stop by their tasting room for a tour with master winemaker. Matthew Rick, that's Infinity Beverages, proud sponsor of Jesus Never Ran and Dreamers Everywhere. Of course, if you need a little help getting to where you want to be, join the walking club at www.jesusneverran.com. Join us next time from the mountains of Colorado as we hear some lofty thoughts from one of my favorite people in the world. Join us next time.